0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Okay, so Chandler Jones is not expected to play this week. What now? What does Vance Joseph have up his sleeve to compensate for Jones' absence? Also, what does Coach Joseph have in store for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? But first, remember, the initial injury report of the week is just that, the initial, meaning the beginning. There's still a lot of time left before Sunday. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 482, and it starts now. Now. All right, MJ, you want the good news or the bad news when it comes to the injury report? Your choice.
1: Uh, Let's go with the good news.
0: All right, the good news. And I know you saw this earlier on Thursday, but good to see both Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson on the practice field during the open portion each dealing with rib injuries and the fact that ribs now all of a sudden is the injury for the Arizona Cardinals in 2021. But, look, it is an issue, it's hard to breathe, and it is hard to move. Yet, I'll say this, both Murphy and Wilson moving very well during the open portion of practice.
1: Yeah, during the open portion of practice, they're they're flying around. Uh, Obviously, they do some pre-practice drills and they are participating. and It looked like they didn't miss any time, but clearly, you know, Um, When you get rehab and you don't play for a week, you're ready to get back on the field. So it was encouraging and barring any setbacks, you're going to have your top two starters along with Robert Alford. I got to think Hamilton's going to be in there. And we always know that Isaiah Simmons can be that wild card.
0: Been very impressed with Antonio Hamilton. And sometimes, Bird Gang, it is hard to notice everyone on the football field, especially if the ball is not thrown that direction or thrown their way. But Hamilton in coverage, we've heard nothing but good things from players, from coaches. And even Vance Joseph earlier on Thursday bringing up that how credit or how key that Hamilton is in special teams. He's become one of the Jeff Rogers' core guys, meaning you can play all four
1: phases of special teams. And then go out there and play, you know, 45, 50 snaps. You know, I, we talked about it on the post-game show, and it's probably midway through. I'm like, we haven't even mentioned Marco Wilson or Byron Murphy. And we know that Murph's off to a great start. Obviously, he's in the top five, I want to say, with the interceptions. So I wanted to give Vance a lot of credit and and more of the secondary coaches between Marcus Robinson and Greg Williams because they got they, they went into that game with Chase Whitaker, uh, you throwing uh Hamilton, and Robert Alford, and they survived. Uh, they were not, you know, I think initially they targeted um, Chase Whitaker when he got in the game as a nickel corner, and after that, I mean, he was making tackles. He almost had a, a sack, so give the staff credit because – they, do, they value those reps in practice and offseason workouts, and you could see that the game wasn't too big for a guy like Chase Whitaker.
0: It's funny. You go back to the conversation in the offseason, and, hey, I'm as guilty as charged talking about, hey, this team needs to address the cornerback position in free agency, in the draft, and maybe even more so in the offseason. It was a huge talking point, yet what have we seen since week one that Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson – Robert Alford, they have handled their roles, even in the absence of Malcolm Butler. We thought that was going to be a huge loss. Knock on wood, through five games, they have held their own. And the stats that I love from Mike Helm, StatWiz with the Arizona Cardinals Media Relations Department, he's been following this, the Cardinals defense has not allowed a receiver to hit 100 yards yet this season. And you talk about some of the names of the receivers that they've played this season, household names, yet none of them have cracked the century mark. Yeah, you go back to week one when
1: he was healthy Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, week two, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. You know, week three, you know, you, you had uh, two former first round picks, uh and then you had Marvin Jones. In week four, you know, you have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and then you throw in Deshaun Jackson. And then last week was more Debo Samuel, and then he threw in Brian, uh, Brandon Iyuk. So, I mean, that's that's impressive. And, you know, I think what Vance was alluding to on Thursday, which that is the day he meets with the media, it's not always going to look good. It, it could be ugly at times. But their, their goals are points allowed, okay, and, you know, third down, and then making teams kick the field goals in the red zone. So – they may give up to 300 yards, uh, whether it's passing or rushing, and there are times it's it looks a little sloppy and it's ugly, but at the end of the day, um, A, you want to score more points than your opponent, obviously, and B, you want to get teams off the field on third down. The Cardinals did a great job. Uh, they were three for 11, uh, the Niners, and then they, they were one for five on fourth down, so uh, again, I really like this staff. I think I, I think it's a really good mixture of young coaches, and then you got a lot of experience there. And I think Vance has earned the right um, to be said, you know, he's made major strides because in the first year, Patrick gets suspended, Alford doesn't make the season, and all of a sudden, Byron Murphy's your number one corner. So they, they've come a long way. And you can make the case that when Buda Baker's on, and we know that, and Jalen Thompson, and he's throwing these corners when Wilson and – and uh, Murphy and Alford out there, that's they're, they're probably one of the strengths of this defense considering they do rotate a lot of linebackers and defensive linemen. Those,
0: those are stable guys. They don't come off the field. Six passes defense for Byron Murphy. That is tops on the team. Second most, Isaiah Simmons with three. And then Lucky Fotu has three at the line of scrimmage. Who would have thought he had some hops? <laughs> I don't know about hops. It might be just the long reach and the well, footballs being thrown kind of maybe instead of over the hands of the defensive line, kind of trying to go through the hands, and you can't do that against uh, Lucky Foto. No, company. but but also those calves, I, I would think he'd be able to jump
1: over, you know, maybe an eight carton or something. But anyways, yeah, that's I like the way him and Rashard Lawrence are playing. I think we know what they get in, in you know, Corey Peters. He's steady Eddie. We're seeing more out of Zach Allen. We're seeing more out of J.J. Watt. And we'll get into, you know, maybe the difference him playing the last couple of years in Houston and how he's adapting to a different technique
0: uh, on this Cardinals defensive line. Cardinals defense sixth in scoring. 19 points they are allowing per game. As J.J. Watt said, quote, as long as we end up with more points than they do, we're in a good spot. And the Cardinals are at 5-0. and All right. We mentioned good news, bad news with respects to the injury report. You want the bad news now? Sure. All right. The bad news is this. Between the Cardinals and Browns, a combined 16 players did not practice on Wednesday, and only one, Corey Peters, was because of rest. Now, we'll have to wait and see how this progresses, but it is telling that Jordan Hicks absent for a second straight day. DeAndre Hopkins absent for a second straight day due to illness. Tanner Vallejo absent for a second straight day so banged up especially at inside linebacker and a lot more I think is going to be on the plates of Zayvon Collins depending on the health of Hicks who's dealing with a toe issue it is something as you get closer to Friday and that final injury report you start looking at more of these names all right does DNP go to limited does it stay at DNP and then all of a sudden what is the designation on Friday we don't get caught up on Wednesday but yeah, you start to think a little bit more on Thursday and then definitely on Friday, but when it comes to Hicks, I think he is one of those players, there's a handful, especially on the Cardinals team, that could go an entire week without practicing. He's played darn near every single snap on Sunday. He knows the defense in and out. It would not concern me one bit, much like DeAndre Hopkins, if we do not see Hicks practice at all this week. Good observation, and
1: I couldn't agree more and the thing is, is he's played at a high level. He's in great shape. Um, you know, he's he's wearing the captain's seat. He gets guys lined up. I think he's taken a lot of pressure off of Zayvon Collins. And we know that Isaiah Simmons, you know, has learned to play at least four different positions. So, you know, I like that group. And, and again, it all starts up front when, when you got to somehow contain the run game. They're not going to shut the run game down this. We've got to contain it. And, you know, the first and second downs and both of the backs, I mean, uh, they get to the second level, Craig. They're off to the races and, you know, between Nick Chubb and then Kareem Hunt. I mean, they got a really good one-two punch now. We'll just have to wait and see on the other side when it comes to their starting tackles. Yeah, the
0: tackle... Tedric Wills is dealing with an ankle injury, and Jack Conklin dealing with a knee injury, but that is a stout offensive line that the Cardinals defense is facing, and they'll face it, likely, without Chandler Jones. Now, hopefully this is just a one-game thing, and Jones is able to be activated off the reserve COVID-19 list next week. But when you look at the absence of number 55 and you look at, okay, what are you losing? And you just see, well, he's got five sacks and all that happened in week one. He does though have 14 quarterback hits that leads the team and is second most in the league. So it does show that Chandler Jones, even though he hasn't been able to get to the quarterback and bring him down since week one, he is getting to the quarterback. But I say that this is hopefully just a one-time occurrence. And then you look back at last season when Chandler Jones had his season end in week five against the Jets. Last year, the Cardinals were able to get to the quarterback. 48 sacks, the fourth most in the league. Now, what do you do if your Vance Joseph and Chandler Jones is unavailable this Sunday? The options that are presented to Coach Joseph against this Browns defense and offensive line—or well, excuse uh, me, Browns offensive
1: line—I I would think you'd have Marcus Golden and probably Canard start. But he did mention Dennis Gardeck, and we know that he's coming off the uh, the ACL, and you know, and initially he was getting five snaps, seven snaps, and then you know, obviously. He's gonna his his snap count's gonna go up, and then you you know you possibly look at a guy like Isaiah Simmons that can come off the edge. So, yeah, I think it's we're gonna see more playing time from possibly Kennard. uh Marcus Golden does come off the field sometimes, but on their third down packages, they want to get that NASCAR package in there, and I would include garlic in that conversation.
0: Yeah, the NASCAR package. What is it? Six, seven guys. Some most standing at the line of scrimmage and trying to get as much speed much uh, explosiveness off the line of scrimmage. And then the confusion that you try to make a quarterback look, all right, how many of these six, seven guys are actually coming at me? Or dropping back. Exactly. And sometimes you don't know. It could be five of the six or four of the six or one guy drops it, and you never know who. Is it going to be the guy in the middle of the field or maybe more towards my left or my right as I look at it from a quarterback's position? But I do think they, do, they are set up well without Chandler Jones hopefully again if it's just one game Marcus Golden will be huge Dennis Gardeck I think is getting healthier his snap count on defense is going up we know what he was able to do last season in just 93 defensive snaps 7 sacks 7 tackles for loss 10 quarterback hits the only problem with that MJ that was last season Gardeck's on film and if you do see if the Browns do see Dennis Gardeck on the field more they're aware of him. They know what he can do, what he's capable of doing. Now, of course, they got to stop it, but it is something that is not going to catch Cleveland or any other opponent by surprise anymore.
1: No, and 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 again, uh, you know, they got to worry about Buda Baker uh, coming off the edge. Uh, they got to worry about Isaiah Simmons. You know, and one of the key matches going to be in this game. We'll obviously get it more detail tomorrow. Is they run th- three tight end sets, twenty-two percent of the time. The Cardinals have done that 5% of the time this year. And so I got to think that's going mass protection. Um, Clearly they can run the football averaging 185 yards on the ground per game. Um, Between Chubb and and, uh, Hunt, they have almost 13 touchdowns combined. Could be another guy in there. Maybe Baker's got one. So... Cardinals are probably going to go a little more nickel and dime defense, and, instead of trying to load up on the line, when you you know if these guys are blocking, you got to hope that the, the the quicker guys are going to get to the quarterback or at least contain. So that's something they haven't really faced this year, um, you know, and, and they don't run a lot of ten personnel. We know the Cardinals run ten personnel um, about 22 percent of the time, so they're 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends. Is it
0: equivalent to where the Cardinals running with their ten personnel? You look at Dennis Gardeck, he does I don't again, coverage wise, I'm not sure, but as far as getting to the quarterback, he does have that ability. The other guys, Devon Kennard, Kylie Fitz, Victor Dumukegi, you just don't quite know. Kennard has really been I don't want to say a disappointment. It's just he hasn't lived up to expectations and one, he hasn't played a lot he's played no more than 17 snaps in any one game this season only eight last week against the 49ers but we saw what he was able to do against the detroit Lions, or with the detroit Lions, seven sacks in each of those two seasons kylie fitz is more of a special teams guy d has been inactive the past three games and then you keep bringing up isaiah simmons which is a great option as far as his speed to get into the backfield yet at the same time if they're running a lot of three tight end sets you need simmons in coverage So that takes someone away that you hope can get into the backfield.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it. Uh, Kennard, to me, um, provides great depth, uh, and this this is a perfect scenario. But who are you taking off the field? I mean, the way Marcus is getting to the quarterback, and, again, it's just not the sacks, it's the pressures, um, you know, the the knockdowns, the tackle for losses. And when Chandler's out there, I mean, they don't take him off the field. And Jordan Hicks, they don't take off the field. And Isaiah Simmons, so – I think it's just a numbers game there, but he, he's, he's a guy that works hard. He knows the defense, so he's, when, if the, his number's called, he gets more reps. But when you have Chandler and all those other you know, hybrid guys, um, that's the reason why he's coming off the field.
0: We'll see if that changes this week without Chandler Jones or the expected absence of Chandler Jones. And I'm not very optimistic, especially with Kingsbury had to say on Wednesday that Jones did, one, he's vaccinated. Two, he tested positive. Three, he has symptoms. So that certainly makes it, as Kingsbury said, a long shot or a stretch is the word he used for him to be available on Sunday.
1: Yeah, just to give you an idea, the the report came out on Tuesday. So obviously the organization. So if we start on Tuesday and if he would you know, it was asymptomatic, he would have had two negative tests. Then he would have been a long shot, but he could have been now here by going on Tuesday you throw in 10 days, he has suffered from symptoms. You wonder, uh, you know, is, is he losing any weight? Is he going to be able to work out on his own? So that that puts him in line for the Texans game, and then the Cardinals will play two games in five days on Thursday night against the Packers. So we'll take it now. I just don't want this thing to linger for another week or two. And, and again, the Texans, they play hard. Obviously the Cardinals will be favored in that game, but there's no gimmies in the NFL. You, you need your best players out there. At least for 17 games
0: cardinals cover 2 presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals as we dive into this week six matchup cardinals and browns the cardinals at 5-0 and oh, the browns come in at three and two and they come in as you referenced earlier with the number one rushing offense in the league they are fifth best overall but number one in rushing yards rushing touchdowns rushing average and rushing first downs and we know that the Cardinals have had issues stopping the run this season. In fact, they rank in the bottom third as far as rushing yards allowed per game and second to last in rushing yards per carry. Looking back at this season, however, Derek Henry, 17 carries for 58 yards. You check that box. The Cardinals did an excellent job. And then Dalvin Cook, 22 carries, 131 yards in the second half, however, nine carries for 35 yards, so maybe a half check mark there. Then James Robinson, 88 yards on 15 carries, almost six yards a pop. Daryl Henderson, 89 yards on 14 carries, almost six and a half yards a pop. It's not getting better, MJ. It's getting worse, and we focused on weeks one and two because you got the number one and number two running backs in the league and Henry and Cook respectively, and I think all the attention and focus was on those two. And for the most part, I give the Cardinals a B, B B-plus against – but when you look at what Robinson and Henderson did, it's like, all right, something changed. Something happened. Where is the focus? What's, what's missing as far as the running assignments are concerned defensively? And now, heading into this week's contest, you have the best rushing offense in the league, a great offensive line, which I want to touch on. But Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they are destroying defenses this season. Last week against the Chargers, 222 rushing yards and three touchdowns combined between Chubb and Hunt. That is the challenge, a massive challenge, in front of the Cardinals here on Sunday.
1: Yeah, the Browns are first in the NFL with 51 rushing first downs and tied for third with 184 since last year. So, and again, teams, uh, 16 scrimmage touchdowns this season are tied for eighth. I'm looking at these tight ends. They're combined 426 yards, third most from each team's tight ends in the NFL. And Stefanski, as the head coach, has never lost two in a row. Um, but I, 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 I think, the you know, according to Joe Woods, he's a defensive coordinator. Um, he, he mentioned he was asked about their corners, and obviously Newsom and Ward and maybe it's Johnson. But he was confident that they all were going to practice today, and he, he was he's hopeful that they all will dress on game day. So, And then, you know, when we got a chance to talk to Calvin Beach, and one of the things he had to say is you got to – Yeah, but we're
0: looking at the Browns' offense here. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I mean we, the, 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 what they're doing defensively, we can get into the secondary and their issues yeah. as far as who is up and who is down. But, but I'm just saying I think the Cardinals can score points in this game. <sighs> But it was a shootout last week between the Chargers and Browns. So you you got to be able to come up with stops. And I'll say this about the Cardinals' defense. When they need stops, i.e. against the 49ers, they have gotten those stops, especially when it's inside the 20-yard line. So it's that – I don't know if it's cliche, but you hear it all the time – Bend, but don't break. When you need a a third down stop or you need that third and goal stop, you get it. You force a field goal, or hopefully you get no points out of it. Yet at the same time, I know what the narrative is going to be, and I know what my eyes are going to see. Say, if all of a sudden that first drive and it's Chubb or it's Hunt and they've massive holes, and the defense is either not making tackles or missing tackles, and then all of a sudden you're watching these guys get into the secondary. Yeah.
1: Again, without stating the obvious, I think first down is is going to be a big down here because if they're getting four, or five, six yards a pop, uh, and all of a sudden it's second and four, then that means third and two, and then now they you can play chess with Vance Joseph. You know, Vance is always saying when teams go to four down, for uh, try to convert on a fourth, he has more uh, tools in his uh, playbook or in his toolbox because they only can do a certain amount of plays. So, yeah, I mean, first and second down are going to be big here, and. You know, we'll see about Jarvis Landry, um, you know, Odell Beckham. But uh, I I agree with you just when you look at it as a whole, you know, I I do think they're going to match up. But obviously, you know, you
0: don't have all your
1: top players on the offensive line and defensive line.
0: I'll say this, though. At least the Cardinals recognize that there is a problem, that there is an issue. Corey Peters brought it up, mentioned that the run defense at the top of the list. And Vance Joseph talked about, you know, hey, containing the run. He wasn't as adamant about – stopping the run which he has each and every week but he understands that nick chubb especially it's not the first tackle it's the second third fourth tackle that he's breaking and which all of a sudden a two three yard gain hopefully becomes a six nine twelve yard gain because nick chubb is one of the best in fact he entered this season with the best broken tackle rate over the last two seasons so he is big, he is physical, and worse for the Cardinals, he is tough to bring down, especially if you try to do it one on one.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it, it's amazing that um, how much they've committed to the run game, and the fact is that you know you would think that you know they would win some tight games here, but they they can put points on the board. Again, they're well coached in all three phases. I mean, uh, Alex uh, Van Pelt is really the the offensive coordinator. I think Stefanski and him are on the same page all week. Joe Woods does a great job getting his guys uh, on matchups, and then uh, the tight, end, uh, the special teams coach—they're um, really good. So I mean, this again—if you when we talked about the schedule coming out, uh, this is one of the most talented teams you will play, and you got to give them credit. Obviously, they've hit on some picks. They went out in free agency and they've added players, veteran players, not just guys that are role players. They've added starters, so. Um, but, again, it, you know, it's it's all about the health. And if they're not having their two starting tackles, I think that plays into the hands what the Cardinals will try to do.
0: Yeah, before Sunday's loss to the Chargers, Cleveland had won three straight. They're undefeated at home at 2-0. and And if you get – behind as far as the Cardinals on the road and then all of a sudden if the Browns can maintain that ground game and then all of a sudden it becomes a different type of game what's helped the Cardinals through the first 5 weeks is it's either been a shootout or they've gotten a lead a healthy lead yeah. to where teams have had to abandon the run I don't know hopefully that happens this Sunday but if that is not the If that does not occur this week as far as the Browns are able to maintain some balance or keep the entire playbook open, that's where my concern would be just because it's week six and for five weeks now no one's been able to stop the Browns' rushing attack. It's not like going into Tennessee week one and scared about Derrick Henry. Well, that was just the first game. Now all of a sudden it's five games' worth of tape and trying to figure out no one's had an answer when it's either Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. And then don't forget they're capable of catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect recipe, especially in that
1: division, because when it gets starts getting colder and they always say you, you need a run game and, and you need a defense that can travel in the postseason because, you know, teams are more conservative. You don't think you're going to score 40 points unless you're able to force a couple turnovers. So. I mean, I don't know if you're going to find a better one-two punch than this. You know, it's all Derrick Henry, right? And then it's all Delvin Cook. And then it's all uh, uh, James Robinson, okay? And then you get to the Niners, running back by committee. You get to the Rams, running back by committee. I mean, the, this is the best one-two punch in the National Football League, and they've invested heavily onto the, the, uh, the, the offensive line. I mean, they have J.C. Tretter there. They have Bentonio um, they've done a really good job, um, you know, getting physical and trying to win at the line of scrimmage. In that division, you have to be able to run the football.
0: Vance Joseph called it old school He's right. football. The Woody Hayes three <laughs> yards in <and> a cloud <laughs> of dust. dust. Not quite I that, know. but that's what old school football is well, when you're lining up under center with yeah. a tight end or two or maybe even three, two backs or one back, you know, split, Eye formation, yeah. offset. I mean, the <laughs> stuff that, you know, we all grew up seeing, yet we don't see it a lot. And it becomes, oh, hey, look, exotic creative play calling when we see that type of formations now. But I do think that's what we're going to see a lot of because until you show you can stop it, yes. teams are going to continue to run the ball down the Cardinals' and you, throats. You know, we didn't hear the word shut down,
1: shut the run game, contain. Yes. I mean, not that you're already, you know, uh, forecasting or foreshadowing, but contain, contain. And, you know, the 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 fact is that, you know, um, if they can get them out on some three and outs, it's only going to help them and get field position. So um, I'm just more curious to see what their offensive line looks like, because on paper going into the season, they had the best offensive line gradings over the last year or so. And and then when you bring in a couple tight ends, now you're going mass protection, so it's going to get harder to get to the quarterback. But um, you just can't let these guys get to the second level.
0: Easier said than done. Left to right, the Browns' offensive line, Jedrick Wills, solid rookie season. First Brown pick. He's trending up. Left guard, Joel Batonio, pro bowler. Center, J.C. Tredder, has played 100% of the snaps since arriving in cleveland in 2017 plus he's also the nflpa president correct right guard wyatt teller second team all pro last year right tackle jack conklin first team all pro last season that's solid that's even better than solid yet wills treader and conklin all dealing with either an ankle or knee issue heading into this contest but I do expect all three to play. It's just how healthy can you be for an entire 60 minutes?
1: Well, and that's 60% of your line. Okay. So, again, I'm glad you brought up all those uh, awards because it's not misleading what I was saying. It's true. So the question becomes, do they start the game? Can they finish? But that could be a little bit of a weakness because they're not 100%, and that's where they can try to attack that. Um, Again, uh, I – It would be interesting to see if they start the game, are they able to finish the game because of, obviously, nagging injuries. And once your season starts, they don't go away unless you get a bye week or,
0: you know, you get a big lead and you can take guys out of the game. Pain tolerance, how do you handle, you know, you're feeling good, yet at the end of the day, you know, do you risk further injury? And then, and I can't remember if we brought this up earlier this week here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, but the Cleveland Browns play on Thursday. It is a quick turnaround, much like we saw with the Rams, much like we saw with the Jaguars. So, And this is a non-conference game. These two teams, the Browns and Cardinals, no one's going to say it publicly. No one will acknowledge it. You can afford to lose this game if you're the Browns or the Cardinals. Now, no one wants to s- see that happen. But this does not affect standings, tie breakers, conference wins any of that stuff so you know does cleveland now look at sunday and say okay well we've got denver coming up on thursday I mean, you know is that more important than a game sunday afternoon against the cardinals i mean i i have no idea no
1: it's it's a fair point it's just interesting how all that shakes out um but i i, I just think you know they, I, they get another loss and you're going to start hearing you're going to start hearing, okay, this is a team. Now, to say that the Browns are going to get to the Super Bowl, they had the roster going into the season. Now, if you drop another game, it'd be the first time under Stefanski's lost two in a row. And they can blame it on injuries, but they're also going to blame Baker Mayfield. And when you when Van said old school football, the first thing I thought is, okay, yeah, it's only week six. But I, I, you know, and, and granted, because you get there in late October, November, and December, it could be cold but i got to think the grass isn't going to be as green as it normally would. And I I think of, like, Brian Sipe and Clay Matthews and Jim Brown just lining up and running the football. And it's kind of like um, in some of these Cardinals games when they're protecting the lead in the fourth quarter, it's almost the other team knows you're going to run it and they still can't stop it.
0: And that becomes, you know, you know exactly what they're going (laughs) to do, yet you're right. You can have a game plan and be in the right spot. You still have to be able to slow them down or stop them. And, you know, easier said than done. Coach Joseph, he talked about how exhaustive it was to prepare for the Rams and 49ers because of how complicated those offenses are. And defensively, you got to be ready for one check, two check, three checks on a certain play. Yet you could have the perfect game plan. Yet if I'm better than you, MJ – I'm going to beat you, even if you know that I'm going to run right and you're there before I get there. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's, that's, uh, by the way, I just looked at the uh, forecast for Cleveland on Sunday, partly cloudy temperatures in the 50s they are expecting rain on Friday and Saturday whether that means anything or not outside of you know Paul Calvisi and Chris Melvin having to stand on the uh, sidelines <laughs> for the entire ball game we worry about those guys when the weather gets a little bit uh, well let's say when it's non Arizona yeah. weather and you're yeah. outdoors versus indoors but uh, it, it look I'm not that I'm worried it is a little bit of a concern as far as the inability to stop the run and all of a sudden, hey, look, we face the number one rushing team in the National Football League. Now, to combat that, and this was some interesting conversation with Vance Joseph and J.J. Watt earlier on Thursday as we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We heard from Coach Joseph first. He was asked about J.J. Watt, and it was Coach Joseph who brought up that Watt is playing more inside, meaning in between guard-center-tackle, excuse me, guard-center-guard when you look at the offensive line. Then he has, and I think he mentioned three or four years. Watt acknowledged that. It's not like he's never played it before, but it has been a while, and maybe that's why we haven't seen J.J. Watt numbers through the first five games. He's been very good. He's graded out very well. We just haven't seen the sacks, and I think people point to, hey, J.J. Watt, three-time defensive player of the year, you're held without a sack through five games. What's going on? Well, maybe it's more scheme. Maybe it's J.J. Watt helping, taking on a double team, a triple team, and allowing a Chandler Jones or Marcus Golden to make the tackle or get the sack.
1: Yeah, and he, he was very honest. He, he thought he got off to a, a slow start in week one. And he thought he got off to a slow start in week two. And, and normally you would think he's not as facing as many double teams as he did a year ago. He led the league, uh, what, 36%. That was just because they didn't have anybody around him. But I'll say this, and and I mentioned it a few different times, J.J. Watt is, was freelancing early in, in the season. And, and again, him and Chandler both, in my opinion, were freelancing. Now, they had the ability to, to cover, meaning, yeah, I may not be in the right spot, but I'm still going to be able to make a tackle or somebody else will. Vance said the entire job of the defense is do your job. When we've heard this before, gap integrity, gap control, gap this. And I think J.J. now is is, is, is settling into his new role to where it's not so much five technique or three technique. It's more four technique. And that's probably his skill set based on the other players around him. But I did notice he was freelancing. And he's a type of player, like I said, it's not a bad thing. But if
0: you're expected to be in a certain area, you have to be in that area. Everyone wants to make a play, yet it doesn't have to be you. Every single play it can be the guy next to you. It's your teammate, and it's a trust factor that if I can't make the play, I'm doing my job, do I have the trust in the guy next to me? If I'm doing my job, does the te- does my teammate now all of a sudden in position to make a play? Well, and I gotta think some of this is film session. I mean, you got to think a guy like J.J. Watt
1: because he's going into a new conference. Okay, so he's playing different defense, uh, offensive line. So tell me, I got to think of some of his film session, or he sees a formation and he thinks, okay, I'm smarter than them, even though he doesn't know technically. He has an idea based on on the formation, who the running backs are in the game, is the quarterback on the shotgun, is he under center. So film session, he's he's taking some chances again, and he's probably going to win five out of ten. But
0: what about the other five times? Looking at Watt's numbers, 10 tackles, four tackles for loss, six quarterback hits, one pass defensed. There are no sacks so far, but he is, I think, the He's past a- two weeks. Yes. When you look and love or hate pro football focus, they have graded out J.J. Watt, the highest graded Cardinals defender each of the past two weeks, and we have seen – Watt be disruptive. We have seen him in the backfield. Do we want to see it on a more consistent basis? I think that's what we're talking about here and what Coach Joseph and you alluded to as far as just doing your job. It doesn't matter if J.J. Watt gets that TFL, but Marcus Golden does, like he does. Rashard Lawrence does because J.J. Watt was where he was supposed to be. He didn't freelance. He didn't get off his block. He stayed where he was supposed to be, to allow a Zach Allen, Rashard Lawrence, or whomever, to free up and then make that tackle. It's And it's very difficult for any player, veteran or rookie, because everyone wants to be the guy to make the play, yet sometimes you have to take a step back because you're told to do X to allow your teammate to do Y and Z.
1: Yeah, and when DACA was here, and we know how how explosive he was, just based on his tree trunk uh, thighs and his his legs. He would freelance, uh, uh, it, but he was also able to you know split double teams. So there's, there's a good and bad about it. But the, the way this defense is set it set up is,
0: do your job. JJ Watt on Thursday quote: "Nobody cares who gets the credit. We just want the plays made. There's no egos." And I completely agree with him. Yet at the same time, it's easier said than done, and sometimes in the heat of the moment. You mentioned it. J.J. J. Watt, film session, knows certain tendencies for guys that maybe uh, Rashard Lawrence doesn't or Leckie 2 doesn't and realizes, you know what, if I just – Maybe I'll do what I'm supposed to do and then quickly get off my block. Instead of holding it for a full second, it's a half second. Well, no, it needs to be a full second. That's what Vance Joseph put in for that particular defensive call. So I think it is all a learning process, and I don't know if it's a learning curve, but just realizing what you're supposed to do in this defensive system and then trusting the guys around you, and that takes time, understanding the abilities and deficiencies of what your teammates can and cannot do. Yeah, we
1: can go back to his uh, initial press conference. You know, how familiar with this defense. I'm familiar. I played for Vance. Well, each week there's different uh, matchups. There's different schemes. There's different uh, rotations. So, uh, again, we just assumed it was a plug-and-play. Yes, he missed a lot of training camp. As a matter of fact, he missed the entire training camp. And he was in he was in football shape. I'm not going to say that. And he was you know working out. He was in the film room. But you know at the same time though, um, maybe we were expecting too much things to happen too early. Because again, Rondell Moore, different position. You know, Marco Wilson. I mean, he's definitely passed the eye test. Uh, Barbara Murphy making the stride, Zach Allen. So, um, but I think we are we were just thinking he's going to get you know I don't I never thought he would get double digits in sacks. Uh, but maybe five to seven. Um, But right now what they're asking him to do is – be part of that run defense, and free up other guys so they can come up and clean up.
0: Yeah, there is a problem right now. There is leaking within that run defense. J.J., we need you inside to help shore it up. Yep. Once that's done, maybe you can go back outside and get to the quarterback, and we see some quarterback hits. But I would not mind if the quarterback sets. We don't see any of them, but we do see TFLs as far as yeah. what he was able to do to Derrick Henry Correct. and blow up plays in the backfield.
1: And he's had, like, when – when um, Trevor Lawrence threw that uh, that that hail mary or, or pick six. He he was able to get in his face. I mean, he, it's almost like him and Chandler
0: have been in the backfield. It's just they haven't had the stat to back it up. Not finishing yes. to where at the end of the game we look and say, hey, look, you know, six sacks or whatever. It's but they're close and it's, and they're affecting in, plays. And you got to give the other teams credit because they say
1: you can't hold the ball against this defense. So they're they're close. I mean. Chandler was so close last week, and I love the fact that he, on the on the uh, uh, Trey Lance run, he was he was trailing, he couldn't get there, but he forced him to go to the sidelines, and that's where Isaiah Simmons and Tanner Vallejo lit him up. So they're close. It's just I you got they're being told get rid of the ball, don't hold on to the ball because you're going to play into their hands, and we know that at this point in time it's about stabbing for the ball, forcing turnovers.
0: Last point I want to make about the Cleveland Browns' D, uh, offense. Uh, As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai Proud, partner of the Arizona Cardinals, you brought up the three tight ends that they have and utilize a lot. Austin Hooper, David Njoku, and Harrison Bryant. Now you look at all three of those, and last week it was Njoku who really had the highlights of all highlights as far as what he was able to do from the tight end position. 149 yards on seven catches, including a 71-yard reception for a score 57 yards after the catch. First Browns tight end since 2015 to go over 100 receiving yards. They're in there to block, yet at the same time, if they release, is that Buda Baker? Is that Isaiah Simmons? Well, they've got three. We need another guy. I mean, who? Jalen Thompson. And we've seen him up near the line of scrimmage a lot more, especially last week without Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson.
1: Yeah, and and one thing that, you know, I think it was Kyle Vandenbosch pointed out, Based on the preseason game, small sample, but this this secondary is a well tackling team. They're, they're not afraid to stick their face in the fan. And even Marco Wilson, even though he may be a little bit more finesse because of his skill set and his speed and his uh, you know cornerback traits, Jalen Thompson, he'll stick his face in the fan. Buddha, Isaiah Simmons, sometimes you gotta hey slow down a little bit, big guy. So that, that that's encouraging, but it's on
0: the D line, the front seven, to not allow those guys to get to the second layer. Njoku also dealing with a knee injury, by the way. Did not practice on Wednesday. Again, I think a lot of this stuff... Everyone will be available on Sunday. It's just a matter of, okay, you know, how effective you are, how close to 100%, because once the season kicks off, you're never 100%, but you're at 95% or you're at 92%. There are a lot of bumps and bruises, if you will, that you just have to learn to play through, yet they show up on the stat sheet, or excuse me, on the injury report.
1: Yeah, I'm just reading a story coming out of uh, uh, of Cleveland, uh, Joe Woods, as we talked about, optimistically have all of his cornerbacks and defensive ends to try to slow down the high-powered offense. Uh, Miles Garrett, knee and ankle, Jadavian Clowney, knee and elbow attack. McKinley, ankle and knee, returned to practice Thursday after sitting out Wednesday. Clowney didn't play. And he said for the second straight day, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Greedy Williams practice. Now Newsom has missed the last two games. And according to Joe Woods, he's still he's still kind of learning the position. So I don't know how much they want to see him out there versus some of their veteran guys. Grady Williams was a high pick, and we know that Denzel Ward's one of the better uh, football players in, in in the AFC.
0: Both Ward and Williams three passes defensed, and Williams last week a career high ten tackles, first career career-force fumble. And Newsom, as we talked about on Wednesday, inactive the past two games, but it's certainly trending in the direction that the Browns are going to be healthier than perhaps they have over the past couple of weeks. Yeah,
1: Ward told reporters he would play, and Newsom said he still needs to prove himself because his calf's not 100%.
0: So that's probably be a game-dime decision. Really looking, and I, I think we say this every single week, but as far as the matchups are concerned, the Titans was a good test because of all the preseason talk about Tennessee. The Rams, obviously a good test just because, well, they're the Rams. And then the Browns, I don't know if there was a team that was talked more about in the offseason than the Cleveland Browns. And a lot of it was because, hey, it's Baker Mayfield. Maybe he's matured. Maybe this is the season he's relying a lot On a ground game, yet you always look back at the quarterback, and we haven't talked a lot about Baker Mayfield outside of the individual rivalry with him and Kyler Murray, but Mayfield has completed, or last week completed, almost 72% of his pass attempts for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. He is, I think, growing into the role of quarterback. He's just maybe a little bit behind a Lamar Jackson, a Josh Allen, to where all of a sudden Cleveland fans see what's happening in Baltimore and Buffalo and wondering why it's not happening in Cleveland,
1: and they completely changed their offense, and that's why it was impressive. They went 11 and five last year. Now I did read uh, over the last couple of days they're facing uh, much more better better quarterbacks this year than last year. So that, but they were 11 and five, and he can make all the throws. He's a tough guy. Uh, he, he's not afraid to run. So you just got to be on your P's and Q's with him. But he's got a strong arm. He can make all the throws, and I think Kyler alluded to that, just how competitive they
0: both were when they were at Oklahoma first time in his young career talking about Baker Mayfield that he has the same head coach in back-to-back seasons and that's another you know you talk about the turnover and the talent trying to develop well if you've got different voices in your head and then all of a sudden you're asked to keep getting better that's not always easy
1: well and and I thought you know the thought process was you know like we talk about Kyler in year two, we did see some strides, and we're th- year three we're seeing big time strides. But I think they thought you know he would be able to take that next step, uh, considering what they've invested in the offensive line and the weapons they have in the backfield. They lose another game though. It's it's again that division. You know we'll see what the Steelers do. Cincinnati's a uh, up and coming team with Joe Burrow and that young defense, and then you got to deal with the Ravens. So you know they got their work cut out in that division.
0: It is something that the Cardinals need to be aware of. Yet at the same time, Baker Mayfield has been sacked 13 times this season. So as good as that offensive line has been, sometimes they get had. Yet, you know, we talk about, you know, D.J. Humphreys always jokes, you know, there's 70 snaps in a ball game and I'm good for 68 of the 70. That's a great percentage. Yet the two snaps I was not good at, I allowed a pressure or a sack, and all of a sudden people thought I had a bad day. Yeah.
1: Well, they can't hand the ball off 100% of the time. No, they're going to have to want it. If yes. you want to get rid of the sacks, just hand it off.
0: we got got uh, more on the Cardinals-Browns matchup. Obviously, on Friday when we put Mike Jarecki to work on Thursday, he watches a little Thursday night football and then does some homework and comes back on Friday with his three keys for a victory plus the X-Factor and this year the intangible. But hopefully, MJ, because you're going to be so busy tonight, that last night on Wednesday evening – You were able, and hopefully everyone, was able to catch Episode 4 of Cardinals Folktales, drafting Jake, talking about ASU quarterback Jake Plummer and the Cardinals selecting him in the second round back in 1997. It is available now, YouTube.com slash AZCardinals, YouTube.com slash AZCardinals, plus an article and podcast on azcardinals.com.
1: Yeah, it brought back a lot of great memories. I, I, I'm a big Jake Plumber fan. Uh, you know, he kind of beats to his own drum. He tells you how he feels. He was a wiry guy, and you know, he loved he loved balling. And uh, you know, early on, he, you know, he went. He had a ton of sacks, and then he. I just like the way he approached the game, even at ASU, and how he approaches life after football. He's 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 just a really good dude. and and a good friend when you look at just his entire career and who
0: he is and what he stands for. Drafting Jake, it's episode four of Cardinals Folk Tales, available now. Look back at the selection of former ASU quarterback Jake Plummer in the 1997 NFL draft. YouTube.com slash AZCardinals is where you can find that. And again, AZCardinals.com for the article and podcast that accompanies it. All a total package on each of these episodes of Cardinals Folk Tales. Good show, MJ. Had a lot of fun. This was good. I love dissecting these matchups. We get real in-depth, and then, of course, we'll kind of do it once again, but on a broader scale on Friday, and really say what the Cardinals need to do to make sure they come out of Cleveland with a six 0 record.
1: Yeah, this has been fun. I mean, again, they're not going to win every game, but they they should be in a lot of games. And you know, the, the, this team is now being hunted. You know, they're, they're hunting. I mean, teams are hunting them. There's no surprise what they're doing. And now teams are saying we got to sh- we got to slow these guys down. I didn't say shut them down. We need to slow them down. So. Uh, it's it's been a great start to the season, and uh, give the coaches and, and the players a ton of credit because they put the work in. There's a lot of trust there. There's there's camaraderie, there's accountability, uh, so there's a lot of good things going on. And they just they just need to stick stick together and have that one day one game approach. And I think they're going to have a great season.
0: As our friend and colleague. Bertram Berry liked to say, coaches Sunday to Saturday, players on Sunday and through five games, through five weeks, that's exactly what has transpired. Coaches put the players in position to make plays, and the players are making plays on game day and on that note we will put a lid on this edition of cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals as always special thanks to our executive producer jim omohundro for mike jarecki i'm craig Rialu. we'll talk to you next time here on cardinals cover two